Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here, along with WCCO Radio's Paul Hodewanek. And Paul, it is time. It is draft freaking week, and it is the final draft sim. We are going to go through all seven rounds like the sociopaths that we are and pick all the players that we think the Vikings will select. This is not the what they should do. This is what we think they will do in the seven rounds really the first three rounds. But then after that, we're trying to just figure out who might be good. And every once in a while in these draft Sims, I've gotten it right. So last year, the final draft Sim that went in the draft guide, by the way, if you sign up for even one month at purpleinsider.substack.com, that should get that. Uh, But I went back and looked at last year's and I had Janarius Robinson in there as a guy that they picked that I was able to target. I just went with a lanky guy who didn't sack anybody and boom, you got him. Uh, But (laughs) uh, this year might be a little harder, but I had a couple of years ago, Brian O'Neill was the pick Uh, last year in our final draft. Sim Courtney Cronin correctly selected not only Christian Derisaw, but Kellen Mond as well. So I'm not saying that we're going to tell you exactly who they're going to pick but I'm actually definitely saying that this is who the Vikings will pick. Uh, are you ready, Paul? Are you prepared? I'm ready. And my biggest goal is to, if Courtney got two of them, right, I need to, I need to match her. I'm I've, I've supposed to been, I've been writing a draft column. I should be on top of this stuff. So I, I, I want to beat her is my goal today. Okay. All right. All right. We'll take uh, all right. Deep breath. Here we go. I got the diet to Dr. Pepper as well. It's not all just right. for fans only pods and we're ready to go. It's the final draft sim. Do, 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 do. All right. We don't want to break yep. laws or something by humming sure. the whole thing. So off we go. Uh, let's go through first, before we go to number 12, how the board played out on each of our draft sims using the PFF draft simulator, which by the way, I get emails all the time from people saying, Hey, I thought you guys were totally nuts using this. And then I tried it and it was fun. So Google that PFF uh, mock draft simulator. It's fun. So let's go over how it played out at the very beginning of the draft for both of us. Cause I think even number two pick is a surprise on mine, but what do you think of the top five in your simulation? Yeah. And I will establish beforehand. We set up the settings. Yours has very little randomness. Mine has a little bit more randomness. So the, the chances I have a couple weirder picks might be in there, but actually my top five, I could see these five guys going. It might be a different order, uh, but Trayvon Walker goes one. Continue to momentum building for that to potentially happen. Uh, Ikemaquanu went two to the Lions. Kayvon Thibodeau to the Texans. Aiden Hutchinson four to the Jets. And Charles Cross to the Giants. So a little bit different, but I think that wouldn't be outlandish if those five guys go in the top five picks. 
So that is completely different from mine, which is Aiden, Hut- Aiden Hutchinson, number one, Sauce Gardner with the number two All pick right. to the Detroit Lions. Kayvon Thibodeau goes to the Houston Texans, Trayvon Walker to the Jets, and Iki Aquanu to the New York Giants. Um, the, the rise of Sauce Gardner and Trayvon Walker both through the draft process is pretty wild. I mean, we thought initially that Sauce Gardner might have a chance to go to the Vikings, and now the simulator has him going all the way up at number two. Uh, I also think that Kayvon Thibodeau is not getting past the fifth or sixth draft pick, that all of that hype uh, for him falling is maybe someone who wants him to fall, and Iki Aquanu uh, has a good chance to be the first offensive lineman off the board. So let me go through my next picks. Evan Neal goes to Carolina, Charles Cross to the Giants, and the Giants drafting two tackles is probably unrealistic here um, because they have Andrew Thomas, and so that that one's a little odd. Maybe my randomness was turned up too far. That's not going to happen, but Derek Stingley goes to the Falcons. Malik Willis, though, off the board at number nine to Seattle, then Garrett Wilson, then Kyle Hamilton, and so the Vikings coming very close to some really interesting prospects but just missing out on them. Um, tell me where the most interesting guys went. Is Willis off of your board? Willis is not off my board, but pretty much every other thing that could go wrong for the Vikings in these next few picks, or at least in the positions of need, you would think are gone. So Stingley goes sixth, Ahmad Gardner goes seventh, Drake London eighth, Garrett Wilson ninth, and then we go Trent McDuffie, Kyle Hamilton nine or 10, 11. So pretty much the, the top three corners and the top safety off the board when the Vikings pick. Uh, Evan Neal has slipped all the way to this spot, number 12. So ideally, this would be an ideal spot for a trade because that him getting this far is pretty remarkable. And there are some tackle needy teams coming up with the Saints and Chargers. So I can see them as a trade possibility if a tackle does slip. Now, you are a gifted trader on pff simulator so if you want to pull a trade off right. while i'm deciding who to select and going through my potential options in my mock uh, and are we doing I, this what we think they will we're doing what we think they will do right yeah what they th- what we think they will do so okay. i'll tell you who's on my board you can pull off your trade and see what you could get yeah. jameson williams is the top player on the board then george Karlaftis, trent mcduffie drake london tyler linderbaum and uh, Devonte Wyatt are really the top players here. Also, Chris Olave, Jordan Davis. Um, these guys are pretty highly considered. Andrew Booth, the cornerback from Clemson. Um, you know, those are probably the top options. Jermaine Johnson is still on the board. I don't know how highly they think of him, but PFF is a little less high. And then, of course, every quarterback that is not named uh, Malik Willis is available. And in this case. I think the Vikings actually would pick Jamison Williams because he has the highest upside of any of these players and might've been even higher of a draft pick. If not for tearing the ACL, I don't think that they would go Trent McDuffie here in part because people see Trent McDuffie is more of a slot corner. That's really valuable, but it's not quite the same as a shut down corner, which is Stingley and Gardner. So I am going to say that they pick also Drake London is on the board. I don't know which one they would like better. I think Jamison Williams is a better prospect. Seems like a lot of the analysts think so too. So I am going to stay at 12 and select Jamison Williams with the 12th overall pick as what I think the Vikings will do if he is available. So what did you, uh, what did you do for a trade? Yeah. Uh, and just to know Jamison Williams, other than Evan Neal was the top guy on my board for my draft sim. So I think that could also 
work out for them there if they decide not to trade. But I actually think in my mock, if this is what happens and they can find a suitable guy to either come up and take Malik Willis because he's still on the board or someone with Evan Neal, those are two really highly touted prospects, one at a position of great importance in quarterback and then tackles right behind him. And Evan Neal is considered by some to be the top tackle uh, in this draft. So he, he makes it that far. I think there'd be a lot of suitors. But in terms of a trade, no one in the mid-first round really wanted to come up. So I had to trade with the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are coming up to 12. Maybe they want Jamison Williams or they want a, a tackle or something. And so I got the 25th pick. I looked at trying to get their 2023 first-round pick. Uh, they declined that. So I <laughs> had to settle for their the 57th pick, which is their second-round pick and their fourth-round pick, as well as a 2023 second. So we got some capital going into next year, and then we also picked up another second-round pick and another mid-round pick, and I think that would work out really well for them. So I have now moved to 25. Do you want to know where we're, where we're looking at for 25 now? I do, yeah. Who do you got at 25? Top player on the board, Devontae Wyatt, defensive interior defensive tackle from Georgia, Bernard Raymond, tackle, Sky Moore, wide receiver, George Pickens, wide receiver, Zion Johnson, a really good guard. Mm. So lots of interesting options uh, for the Vikings here. What What's your initial thought on that? What What's the, who's the top edge rusher? Let's see. For you there. Because I think they'd be looking at that too. But Zion Johnson, who's, who's the top edge rusher? Jermaine Johnson is still here. Mm. Arnold Ebiketti is also oh. still here. Yeah. Okay. I think Abiketti might be the guy. The guy. Yeah. I mean, you can make your choice, but there's yes. good options here. This is why trade down seems very likely. There are very good options there. If they were to draft a guard, I think people would be happy with that. Um, considering that Chris Reed and Jesse Davis, like these are short-term type of solutions. Um, but you know, I mean, you have a, a high-end prospect that some people think should be drafted even higher than Jermaine Johnson, but Jermaine Johnson also destroyed the senior bowl and is thought of pretty well. So even if he was the pick late in the first round, that's probably pretty good. Sky Moore also gets a lot of attention. I think he's maybe a little overrated by draft analysts, but you got good options there late yeah. in the first round. Yeah. I think what, what I would do and maybe what they would do are different. Um, so I, Jermaine Johnson, the one thing I'm wondering about is he's older for a prospect. I think mm -hmm. he's 23 already. And I, I don't know. I, I saw a graph from PFF. Cleveland by far drafted the youngest players in the draft last year. They were pretty much emphasizing youth over anything. And obviously, Quasey's coming from that. And so I don't know if they would go with Jermaine Johnson here. But also, Arnold Ebiketti is also 23 too. So both those guys mm. are older. So it's kind of hard to know if they would want to take either of them. Um, but I am going to stick with edge rusher because I feel like that's probably the smartest. And I'm going to go Ebiketti here. He has some kind of some of his underlying pressure rates and things are pretty stellar. And I think maybe that would appeal to someone with the analytical background. So Arnold Ebiketti is who we're taking at 25. I like it. And I think the age thing, it, when you're talking first round prospects who you expect to make an impact pretty fast, I don't know if it matters as much, but when it gets later in the draft, that's where I think that's a draft hack. And uh, for our draft guide, I'm writing about draft hacks. I was going to include that um, because I saw um, an ESPN study about how the Vikings had done fourth through seventh rounds that I brought up on the fans only podcast that it's not been great. 
like compared to other teams in recent years. And I think this is an area where if you draft guys later who are 20, you have a better chance of developing them to an upside than say, if you draft them at age 23 or 24. Okay. On to the second round and Sam Howell taken just before the Vikings. So that's not going to happen. Uh, a couple other players that went that are notable sky Moore, George Pickens, David Ajabo, who I'm really interested to see where he goes. Boye Mafe too. I think, I think he's a late first rounder um, because of his freak athleticism and everyone's favorite Jalen Petrie was taken just before me. He's the guy that I've gotten in so many draft sims. Um, the, the corner slash safety hybrid player from Baylor. So now on the board, I am in a great position to draft an edge rusher. Nick Benito from Oklahoma is the guy that I think I'm going to go with here, but Drake Jackson is another one. Uh, Benito is only 248 pounds, which the old regime may not have really liked, but this one could tons of production at Oklahoma, eight sacks in each of the last two years, 92, uh, PFF pass rush grade, which has correlated pretty well in the past to success in the NFL, uh, not so much of a run suffer, but a really good, really, really good pass rusher winning his win rate for the pass rush, almost 30%, which is incredible because if you're at like 15%, you're pretty decent. So I'm going to go with the analytics edge rusher, Nick Benito from Fantastic. Oklahoma. Fantastic. So since my 25th pick, we've had a run on quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett goes off second round to the Lions. Sam Howell goes pick 38 to the Jets. Uh, Seattle takes their quarterback, uh, Matt Corral. So pretty much all the quarterback options are also off the table for me, but luckily that means Sky Moore is still there. Jalen Petrie is still there. Travis Jones, defense interior defensive lineman also still there. I think all those positions are uh, a spot where they, they could draft early, uh, interior defensive lineman, I think maybe lesser, uh, but they obviously still have a need there. Wide receiver, Sky Moore is falling. Jalen Petrie's falling. And I also have that pick again in 11 picks, that Buffalo pick that I can toy around with. So I think here, I think if we're, we're going to assume uh, Kwesi is just going to try to take guys at high positions of value who have fallen. And Sky Moore is ranked 22 on PFF's board. We're here at 46. That feels like good value at a position of need. So we're going to go Sky Moore here in the second round. They get a first round talent, someone I know, our friend Chris Paso is very high on and Vikings get him in the second round. Okay. So you have another second round pick then for and that draft or from that an, trade. Yes. I have another second round pick here okay. at 57 and I'm looking to the corners and Roger McCreary is still here from Auburn. Uh, pretty much all the top uh, guys on the board are either other edge rushers, linebacker, tackle, running back. None of those intrigue me as much as Roger McCreary does. Tons of tons of production at Auburn playing against some really, really good competition. He's got some measurable concerns with his arms. But I think if you're in the SEC and you're able to thrive as much as you did against some of that top competition, I feel like that's worthy of taking a shot at. So I think they would go cornerback here, Roger McCreary. Okay. Uh, so you have a corner, a wide receiver, and a pass rusher yes. in your first three picks. I mean, to be able to trade down and address those issues, it just, if there's one draft hack that it feels like they'll utilize, that's the one that seems the most likely. And if they could somehow, and I don't know if it's possible, but get a second, second round pick there, every draft semi run, there's like 10 guys that I like in the second round who are talked about somewhere, whether it's Dane Brugler's the beast 
or it's Chris Trapasso's, you know, uh, mock drafts or wherever that are talked about as potential first round talents. I like that a lot. Um, so, so far, I think you've got ahead of me because of that in your draft value, but we'll, we'll compare and contrast at the end. So on to the third round, this is where the players become a little less uh, recognizable. I think even as long as, you know, draft season goes on, there are some guys that I haven't really looked at a whole lot, but one is sticking out to me in the third round. And that is Cam Jurgens, the center from Nebraska, who absolutely demolished the NFL combine. And there was something else to note for anybody who watched the combine, they'll know what I'm going to bring up. That's Cam Jurgens brought actual jerky, Jurgens jerky <laughs> to the combine to give to NFL sure. teams. He apparently makes his own. And if you have a center who makes his own jerky, how do you win a locker room? That's the way. But he also won the combine, had tremendous numbers there. And he's a top 100 player on PFF's board. I think the Vikings need to be thinking about their future center because even if you know Garrett Bradbury is the guy for this year and Jurgens didn't play, uh, that you know this is the last year of Garrett Bradbury's contract unless they pick up the fifth-year option, which seems very unlikely. I think they need interior offensive line in the draft to, to continue to develop those guys. So I am going Cam Jurgens with my third round pick. Yeah, and I think this is a really interesting spot for them in the draft, just because it it's gonna if they make this pick and don't trade back at any other point and pick up another pick, they are not picking for like seventy more picks. Like we are going a long time without it. So it's interesting if they stay there because they feel like there's a guy that they really want to get there and feel like maybe he's above the rest because they probably could trade back and accumulate some picks and maybe grab one in between some of their, they, there's just such a big gap. And so for me, I'm going to trade. At, I'm not going to trade. No, okay. because okay. there's two like intriguing prospects here. Dylan Parham, the guard from Memphis mm -hmm. is still there and it would continue to fill out my need. He's the fourth ranked guy on the board, best available. So the values there. And then there's also another cornerback in Marcus Jones, who's there out of Houston. And we could just double up on corners, really try to add some talent to that room and hopefully kind of address that um, further. He's kind of only a slot guy. So I don't know if I love taking him this early. So for that reason, I'm going to go guard. I think they add another guard to the room, another guy that can compete and you see what you can do there. So I'm going to go Dylan Parham here at 77. So I also considered a corner here. Uh, Jalen Armour Davis was a guy who's on the board. He comes from Alabama, had pretty good numbers, a passer rating of 52.3 on throws against him, which I think would have been maybe a good idea. I decided to address the offensive line in the interior instead, but... You know, if you're looking at other options that would be more of an outside corner, uh, Jalen Armour Davis is another potential pick there. But man, you are right that after that, you have to wait a long time to the Vikings next, next pick. We go from 77 all the way down to number 156. There yes. is absolutely no way in this universe that the Vikings go, is that like 80 picks? They're yeah. not going 80 picks without selecting a player. That does not happen. They're going to absolutely try to trade back maybe in the second, maybe in the first um, to try to get more, or maybe in the third to get yeah. more draft picks because that just does not seem plausible. However, that's what we did. So now there's a lot of guys in the fifth and sixth that we'll get to pick. And this is where it becomes a little more random yeah. and just position-based and upside-based. Um, but I think here is where I'm on the hunt for 
some more development type players, uh, maybe an interior pass rusher where we've seen some of those guys come from the, you know, the late rounds. I'm hunting for a corner and having trouble finding one, but I'm not finding one that I really like here. So I'm going to go with the 156th pick with Christopher Allen from Alabama. And the reason is because Christopher Allen is a guy that kept getting hurt, but he's a former four-star recruit. When he played, he was really good. Uh, had six sacks in 2020, uh, played only one game and was really good in that game in 2021. So there's upside here. It's just a guy who's been injured, played for Alabama, and maybe you get lightning in a bottle. And that's what I think that you have to do in these late rounds is just look for lightning in a bottle type players. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. And for me, I had a pick just like 20 picks before this because of my bills trade. Oh, right. So I have a second pick here. Um, and so at 130, I'm going to take Kalon Barnes. He's a corner from Baylor. And really what stuck out to me, again, you're just taking dart throws right now. And he had the fastest 40 at the combine. So four, two, three, 40 yard dash. Um, so I, at this point, it's just, can we bet on a trait? Does he have one outstanding trait? He has that in his speed. And can we figure some stuff out? He's obviously not going to play right away. Can we figure some things out? So I went Kalon Barnes there with my first fourth round pick and then, or with my only fourth round pick. And then we go, into the sixth round or into the fifth round. And man, I, I start to have, I've, I've done so many draft sims and I still, some of these names, I don't really know who they are. Kellen D Deesh from Arizona state Marquise Hayes from Oklahoma, Bailey Zappi, the quarterback, we could go quarterback here. Uh, I don't, but if we're doing what the Vikings would do, I don't think it's that. So I am going to go with a linebacker. I'm going to go Damone Clark a linebacker out of LSU. He's pretty much going to be out for his whole rookie season. This is one of those really uh, investment type picks. Uh, I, he's one of those guys that would be a lot higher in the draft if he wasn't hurt. And so again, I'm going to take a flyer on him. He's from LSU. He was a really good linebacker for them and he's just had an injury. And I mean, it's a spinal fusion surgery, so it's not <laughs> one that's going to be like easy to come back from. But again, we're in the fifth round. I've already picked up some extra draft capital. I'm throwing darts. So we're throwing one at Damone Clark. Uh, saying it's a spinal fusion. like Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not great. It's not great, man. It's not great. No, no, the only thing you can do really is to throw darts, but it's a spinal fusion. Sounds pretty tough. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we're now entering, let me see here, pick number 184. 
yeah. sixth early in the sixth round. And yes, uh, I'm struggling a little bit. Brock Purdy is the quarterback that you might recognize. Um, Curtis Brooks actually had a really good, I think it was pro day. I remember seeing him pop out. He's a edge rusher from Cincinnati. That Cincinnati team had a lot of talent. So I'm considering him. Um, I'm also looking at tight ends here because I think that tight ends in this spot have a decent chance to develop. We've seen actually multiple tight ends that the Vikings have taken. Rhett Ellison, Michael Pruitt, Tyler Conklin, David Morgan. All these guys became uh, contributors and they don't really have an answer at backup tight end at the moment. Is that something we really care about or not? I guess that's another question, but I went with a corner Duran Bland here from Fresno state. And, um, you know, the amount of information that I could tell you about Duran Bland with the PFF simulator slowing down on me here for a second is uh, not much, but a corner. (laughs) Gotta have the corners. I'll see if it, I'll see if it reloads here in just a second, but a corner, nonetheless, Duran Bland, welcome to the squad. All right, and I will speed through mine. Uh, went back to edge, look and see what I could get there. Isaiah Thomas out of Oklahoma is a popular guy I've seen in people sending me their draft sims. He's a popular guy I've gotten just in uh, th- this kind of range uh, from what I've been able to read just because he has been someone I picked, so I had looked around a lot. Seems like a very versatile guy, kind of can fill in the rotation. That feels like what the Vikings need at this point. They have some stalwarts on the edge and if they can get some guys that can just rotate in and out and can, you know, provide for five good rushes a game, that's what you want. And so we're going to go Isaiah Thomas here. Okay. Um, I love my Duran Bland pick now that I have his numbers. He allowed only a 42% completion percentage into his throws and he's six foot two, 200. Uh, probably means he's not maybe ideal speed, but Somebody who has good numbers. That's what I basically look for with these draft sims at the end. Give me one good number that I should go after. And that's probably just as accurate a way of doing it as the scouts who are looking for those late round draft picks. Something to develop or some good college number that points that way. So now I'm at uh, pick 191. And, you know, we're looking around. Yeah, Uh, I I like uh, Micah McFadden out of Indiana. He's a linebacker. And I know that linebacker is one of those, oh, what are you doing? But when we looked at the draft surplus stuff, linebacker was one of those positions, and he's a little undersized at 6'1", 240, that the later round guys actually became stuff for teams. And I think, you know, we've seen that Fred Warner was a later round guy. He turned into a really good player. And, and at some point, you do need to develop people behind, and they've been trying to do this. Eric Hendricks, it's just been unsuccessful. Troy Dye is not that guy. We'll see about Chaz Surratt, but signing Jordan Hicks kind of says a lot about Chaz Surratt. So another linebacker here in the sixth round. Fantastic. Uh, I'll quickly do my picks. I'm going to take Joshua Williams, center from UNC Pembroke. Um, And PFF's little write-up says, Williams is making a massive leap in competition from D2 to the NFL, but he's got the goods to do so. NFL teams will covet his length and rare fluidity at the position. And he's 6'6", 300 pounds, and a center. Uh, Opposite in terms of size is Garrett Bradbury. And if they decide to move on, maybe they just want to go with the complete opposite type of guy. They want someone who's longer. He makes sense with that. So Joshua Williams, you have no stats for me to look at because you're from a D2 school. But we're we're bringing you on the squad. And then next up, Matt, I I have to do it now because I'm just not sure he's going to be available. No, no. Yes. No. 
Yep. No, 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 no. Yeah. End of podcast. No, no. no. You're off <laughs> the team. says his average draft position is 222. That is before our next seventh round pick. Uh, if anyone has read any of my draft columns, you will know who is coming. Punter Matt Arizia of San Diego State, commonly referred to as Punt God. Uh, feel free to just look up Punt God on YouTube. There will be many clips of him just bombing 70-yard punts. Not a need for the Vikings per se, but he's very swaggy. Uh, and <laughs> maybe, you know, as swaggy as a punter can be. And, I mean, your name's the punt god. I mean, come on. And, you know, maybe just provides a very long-term answer. Your punter for the next 10 years. Go get your jerseys. Matt, Arizia, welcome to the Vikings. You know, when I was in Buffalo, I'm not gonna, I'm not making this up. <laughs> Brian Mormon, their punter, yeah, was so popular, yeah, and so oft used that a lot of people had his jersey, and I mean a lot. Like <laughs> in the stadium, there were as many Brian Mormon jerseys as probably any other uh, any other person who played for the team, and he was like the biggest star that they had because he had been a Pro Bowler a bunch of times. And there was some rookie who came in and said, oh, yeah, I recognize Brian Mormon because he's been in the Pro Bowl a bunch. So, you know, there can be popular punters still. Uh, I just don't see the point because the way that I think of it is like, congratulations, you could punt at 70 yards. NFL yes. teams will absolutely return those for touchdowns. Like if if you punt it that far, they will have so much time to set up that they will probably just run it back for a lot of yards. This was the Marquette King problem is the guy kept kicking it 50 yards and teams kept bringing it back. When you look at the best net yards versus average net yards, it's like five. And the Kansas City Chiefs punted 40 times last year. 40. If you have a great offense, you're punting like 40 to 50 times in a season. So you're drafting someone to play 40 to 50 plays who at absolute best, if they are the best at their craft, gives you five yards. Like yeah. I just I just can't justify. I see what you're, what you're doing because you want to draft punt God. Um, and maybe there's something special about him, but man, I just, you know, if, if Kevin O'Connell, unfortunately takes inherits the bad clock management (laughs) of Sean McVay, they may be punting more than you would like them to be punting. In which case I want to have a weapon out there. We have, (laughs) what what did we get Dan Chisna? What did the Vikings get Dan Chisna for? If he's not going to sprint at after these guys, we're getting really fast guys put my four, two corner that I just drafted on the outside to gun <laughs> and put punt God out there. I mean, let's just build a, a unit on special teams. That's what I'm doing, man. Yeah. All right. Well, three phases to the game. Yes. Uh, you Always. Know. So I'm going to take uh, with the 192nd pick a guy named Chris Paul. Since you took Isaiah Thomas, I might as well pick yep. another point guard, of but course. in, in Chris Paul's write-up, it says he is a, Tremendous athlete and not a great football player. He's an offensive lineman from Tulsa. I mean, that sounds good to me for the sixth round pick. See if there's something there to develop. And if there's any position, and it hasn't worked a ton for the Vikings, but I believe in it for positions that can be developed. Guard, tackle, center, like late rounders. Those are the ones that we do see fairly often two, three years into somebody's career where they become a solid starter. So I'm taking a swing at a highly athletic tackle from Tulsa. Yeah. I'm, you know, I don't, as I don't one know. does folks, Minnesota sports teams are in the playoffs. Yes, that's right. Playoffs. Minnesota sports teams is happening. And for all your Minnesota sports inspired gear, go to sodastick.com. That's S O T A. 
S-T-I-C-K.com. They have hockey, basketball, all sorts of great designs on hoodies, on shirts, on hats, everything you need. Go there. Use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER for 15% off your purchase. Again, that is SOTASTICK, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com. 15% off with the promo code PURPLEINSIDER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, as one does. I'm trying to decide. There's a tackle who's just been sitting at the top of the board, Zachary Thomas from San Diego State. He's ranked 143rd on PFF's board. So we're at 250. So he's almost slipped 100 picks from where PFF has him. Tackle, not a position the Vikings necessarily need in the future, you'd think. But injuries happen all the time. We're at a seventh-round pick. What, am I going to take Brock Purdy? I don't. I don't think so. So at this point... Let's just try to develop a tackle. Uh, he was, and it says he played all five positions at some point uh, for San Diego State. So maybe some versatility there. Can move him around wherever you need if he hits. But again, seventh round picks, there's a chance Zachary Thomas or whoever you just took isn't even on, on the roster come uh, week one. That's kind of the what happens with these seventh round picks. But I'll take my chances with a long and athletic tackle. Okay, uh, I found somebody that I absolutely love. Is my favorite player in the draft now. Yep. Who's not at the top or just at all. So you love your punt god. Yeah. I love I love Devin Tompkins. Okay. Devin Tompkins is a five foot eight, one hundred and fifty five pound wide receiver from <laughs> Utah State who has totally insane numbers. Mm-hmm. This guy last year. He played 580 pass snaps and caught 104 passes. So basically one out of every five to six times this quarterback was dropping back. He was throwing to Devin Tompkins, this tiny little man who gained 1700 yards and 10 touchdowns for Utah state and only dropped 4% of his passes. The dude has wild numbers, but he played mostly out of the slot, a slot receiver in the late rounds who could be fun. And, you know, you think, okay, little man from Utah state, it's probably got no like other abilities or whatever. He ran a four, four. Yeah. So he is blazing fast. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it uh 2020. What would that be? 2023 or not this training camp, but next year's training camp. Mr. Mankato is this five. Already. This is is the guy that goes, (laughs) has two touchdowns in a preseason game. We get hyped about, and he's the last man cut on the rosters and we get all upset. Um, that he's not on the roster. That the, is my the next Alex Holland. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's who I went with. Fantastic. Getting, getting overexcited about sixth round draft picks. And that yes. was the final draft pick. Cause I don't think they have a selection the seventh as we speak. So Devin Tompkins was my last pick. So uh, there you yes. have it. Who's, who's yours? Mine was Zachary Thomas. I may have jumped ahead. Oh, that was your last oh. pick. Okay. So I got, okay. I, all my picks are done too. Okay. So let's go one by one. I'm going to go one by one on mine. Yep. And we'll see what PFF graded us. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we'll compare and, and see who had the better draft. So I took Jamison Williams with the first pick, Nick Benito, the edge rusher in the second round, Cam Jurgens the center in the third. So those are the guys who could actually make an impact within their first year or two. 
And then my swings were Christopher Allen, the guy who's been hurt, plays for Alabama. Deron Bland, a tall corner from Fresno State. Uh, Micah McFadden, a undersized quality linebacker. Chris Paul, the tackle from Tulsa, who's a freak athlete. And my tiny little receiver, Devin Tompkins, who's quick and could be there 2-2 Atwell, except for where maybe 2-2 Atwell should have been picked, just mm-hmm. like the seventh round or sixth round, not yeah. the second by the Rams. Uh, and PF- say, our, our own 2-2 Atwell is just a guy that doesn't play, but hopefully, you know. Uh, and uh, PFF gave me a B plus. They hated the Christopher Allen pick. I'm deeply sorry, PFF Draft Simulator. Uh, uh, how, right. how did you do? Yes, I got, well, first I got an A minus on my trade. So again, I traded back from the 12th pick to the 25th pick. I picked up the Bills second rounder, their fourth rounder, and a 2023 20, second round pick. So then at 25, I picked Arnold Ebiketti, edge rusher out of Penn State. Uh, feels like he's kind of rising, at least from the people that I follow on Twitter. They seem to really enjoy him as the kind of a sneaky edge three, uh, three or four um, ahead of guys like Jermaine Johnson or even Trayvon Walker for some. That gave me a that was a B plus pick they gave. Sky Moore was my wide receiver pick in the second round. That got an A plus. Feel good about that. Cornerback, Roger McCreary in the second round as well. A. And then in the third round, Dylan Parham, guard Memphis. That was also A. And then my shots in the dark was Kalen Barnes, fourth round corner from Baylor. He, he ran a 4-2-2. So we're betting on speed there. Uh my spinal fusion guy, Damone Clark, <laughs> in the fifth round. Uh, <laughs> linebacker from LSU that got an A minus. Uh, my Isaiah Thomas, versatile edge guy from Oklahoma, got an A minus. My center pick from UNC Pembroke, Joshua Williams, the D two guy that's massive, A plus. Matt uh, Matt Arasia, my punter, punt god, F minus. PFF did not enjoy my picking of Matt Arasia. That was a D from pff and then my final tackle zachary thomas was an a plus overall they gave me an a so i'm feeling really good about it Hmm. okay and uh i will say that well i the pick of jameson williams could be the one that has the most impact on the franchise of all the players that we picked because he's the one that could eventually take over wide receiver two he's the one who people have compared his quickness and explosiveness to Tyreek Hill like this is somebody who when he comes back from the ACL which we've seen plenty of players do successfully Dalvin Cook Adrian Peterson um, could be a complete game changer for this offense and long term whether it's Kirk or whether it's someone else like you're just giving them something something potentially special here However, if you're talking about complete value outside of our ridiculous tiny man or f- former basketball player names or whatever, outside of all that stuff, first three rounds that matter, I mean, you picked up the most value. And this is what I think when they talk competitive rebuild, they haven't rebuilt the roster in any way with the salary cap, but they could rebuild the prospect pool, if you will. Because if we go over the roster that they have right now, I mean, who are the prospects like um, guys who we still don't have answers on that could be something Amir Smith-Marset, Cam Bynum. I mean, you're getting pretty far down the list to start talking about Harrison Hand. Um, Chess Surratt, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I sort of like th- yeah. that he could potentially like Wyatt Davis still counts guys from the last draft. But you can only go like really two years drafts deep on players that are prospects. And so you just need guys that have a chance to be something at any position. And uh, you got a lot of them. So I think you did really well there. Um, also, I should have been throughout and I apologize for this singing. 
the final draft sim. Do 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 do. Is that the band Europe? Don't sue me, Europe. Do 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 do. Yeah, um, you're you're probably asking the wrong guy here. Can I ask you a couple questions before we're done oh, yeah. here? I don't right. know if you had more to talk about. Just because this I might could be sing like, more. Yes, we could just start breaking out. Do 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 do. You know what? Real quick. Yeah. That song has a blazing hot solo. I mean <laughs> it. I know nobody cares about solos anymore, but I like guitar solos. Yeah. That one's legit. That one, yeah. that solo is absolute fire. For and for any new listeners, if you haven't been listening since the very beginning, the intro to the podcast done by none other than our own Matthew Collar here, big guitar guy. So, if if I trust anyone's opinion on guitar solos, it would be yours. Um, but yes, I had a couple questions for you. Um, just just some final stuff. Cause I don't know if we're talking before the draft, obviously we'll come to you live after they pick, but just some final, like, do they do this in the draft? Do they pick a quarterback at any point in the draft? I'll say no. If I'm making a prediction, I'll say no. Like, I, I think that we've talked a lot about the possibilities, who they should take, why they would do it. But I think what they're doing and maybe trading back would be a part of this too, is they are going to wait until next year and see what's there. And, you know, some of the data that's been looked at by people, um, there was a really good article by, I think it was Anthony Tresh of PFF who wrote about completion percentage above average and compared next year's potential top quarterbacks to this year's and no surprise, like they're better and completion percentage above average is not like your, there's no silver bullet. This will give you all the answers statistic, but they're better. Um, so you know, I think that there is some merit to that considering you wouldn't have to use two years uh, of someone's rookie contract, which I'm not terrified of, but you know, I think is maybe along the lines of their thinking. So I would guess that zero or maybe a late round quarterback is taken. And that's about it because every team seems to love taking the guy in the fifth or sixth round that just won't matter ever at all in a million years, but they like it because if it hits and, then they can say, oh, we're so smart because we loved that guy coming out. We had a second round grade on him or something. Um, but what do you think? I'm going to go with no. Yeah, I would guess no. Um, in the draft guide coming out, which if you subscribe to Purple Insider, you get our draft guide. Um, we rank needs. And for quarterback, spoiler, I just said where to pick them. I said round one or not at all. And I think that kind of would be the mindset. The Vikings already kind of took a guy last year in those mid rounds. I'm not sure they double up another time with a guy in a mid round, unless they like one of those top quarterbacks who just happens to fall to them in the second round. But if we're talking about the Z Bailey Zappies, Carson Strong's Brock Purdy's of the world, I think you'd, you'd look and say, is the value really there for a guy that at his best probably could only be an average backup. I don't, I don't necessarily think they go there. Um, I think round two is possible. I think yeah. round two, I, I would leave the door open to, Let's say they evaluate their top five. Let's just say like, this is not anything I've heard or anything like that, but let's just say that their top five is Malik Willis, Sam Howell, then Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett. Like that's their top five. And they go all the way through this and they get to the second round and their second best quarterback on the board is actually still there in the second round. Like I do leave the door open to second round quarterback as not being like an insane, terrible thing in a draft class where no one seems to be able to figure out what the order should be. Um, but that, you know, I still think the chances are very low. Let me ask you this since we both picked receivers with our first or second round draft pick. Mm -hmm. um, 
would you be surprised if they don't select a receiver? I would not be surprised if or, or at all, or just in the top rounds. Just in the first in the first two rounds. I mean, they'll pick a receiver yeah. somewhere, I'm sure, yeah. but I, in the first two rounds. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, only because we've seen in the last few years just people be able to teams being able to hit on wide receivers late in the draft, uh, third round receivers, fourth round receivers. We've seen those guys be able to um succeed and they we've we've seen teams kind of you know be able to turn i mean terry mclaurin i think was a fourth round pick you go through that draft there were tons of guys like that i think they definitely could do that and there's enough other needs on the board and enough value that probably meets those when they pick um we've done enough draft sims to know there's going to be a lot of edge rushers available in the second round if they want to take one there's going to be some corners in the second round if they want to take one um and so i i think if they don't go it in the first round i think they could easily wait till third fourth fifth round for a wide receiver just because of the nature of the position and like we said it's not the most immediate pressing need you can go into the season thinking kaj osborne can be your third wide receiver and i don't think anyone's going to be like upset about that with the way he played so i think there's a very good case to be made that they won't i think it would be a wise decision if they did but um you know based on other mid-round picks taking a wide receiver mid-round is one of the better bets you can make in terms of taking shots in the middle to the late part of the draft. You know, um, the other thing that came to mind for me is another song. You can't always draft what you want. Um, I'm looking at this and and I got left out of corners until the second pick in the sixth round because of just how the board fell. Something's getting left out of the party. It might be a receiver. It might be edge rusher. It might be line. It might be corner. You can't get what you want here. And unless trading back multiple times and getting like several thirds that worked out great last year. Um, but like that's another point too, is like when you trade back, you can't trade back so far you hurt yourself. And I think Quasi Adolfo Mens is going to know that Rick Spielman absolutely did not know that. that he just thought every time you trade back, you win the super bowl. Like yeah. it just like, Oh, we got a bunch of thirds for trading back. Like, okay. Yeah. And, uh, those picks I mean, the, the drop-off is so significant between the first, second, and everything else that if you're trading back, make sure you're trading back and still getting second-round picks uh, if that's what you're doing. Because getting third, fourths, fifths, there's just not a whole lot of value there compared to what you're going to do anyway. The whole more darts thing does just doesn't apply past probably the third round. But yeah. um yeah, I think that that was another major takeaway for me is you go into it knowing, okay, here's the like four or five things that you really need. And you can only get two or three of them. And that's just how it's probably going to go on draft night. We're going to walk out and go, yeah, but they didn't get whatever. And they needed that. Like, Well, right. Because they just didn't have any more picks. So unless something crazy happens and there's an absolute crazy wild bidding war for the number 12 pick possible, uh, but not super likely they're going to walk out of the draft with something that they really wanted and just didn't come home with. Yeah, for sure. I That was going to be one of my other questions because corner is just one of those positions I feel like anytime I do a mock or see anyone send me their mock, it's a corner in the first round. And if it's not a corner in the first round, it's a corner in the second round pretty much immediately. Would you be shocked if they first, second, third round didn't have a corner just like your mock had? I would not be shocked, uh, especially with more Derek Stingley hype of him going in the top 10. If it's not Stingley and it's not Sauce Gardner, then it might not be worth it. And something else, the I, I'm sorry to keep bringing it up, but the draft surplus thing really solidified kind of my thoughts on 
what what the whole point was is like what you're getting versus what those types of players get paid in the open market. And with a position like corner, it seems like average corners are very easy to find in free agency, whereas elite corners are almost impossible to find and they get paid insane money. So if you could draft a guy who could be an elite corner, well, yes, take that shot, take that swing. But if you're talking about, and, and he might be great, I don't know. A Trent McDuffie does not seem to me like that is a elite player just based on his size, the likelihood of him being a slot corner. And if that's, that's just not worth it. Like for that position, you have to get elite or you should take a bunch of swings in the middle rounds and try to get average uh, because then you're doing well. And look, I mean, there's still guys in free agency as we speak, average corners who you could pick up and have a shot to be decent. What the Vikings did last year, picking up Alexander and Breland, I thought was actually right. They just missed on both of them. They failed. But other teams have done this and succeeded, where they said, let's pick up a couple of $5 million corners and see if it works. And sometimes it has. So, you know, I, I, I think that I wouldn't be shocked if they look at something like that, if they don't pick one at all. But it really kind of comes down to, I think they'll pick pass rush. Are you picking a receiver or are you picking a corner? depending on how the board goes, um, might end up being the major question. So, oh, the final draft sim, Paul. We could do a jazz swing version. The final draft sim, the final draft sim. We both screwed it up and now we're fired. I'm, I, no, I honest, think we did great, actually. That yeah, song you is know, totally wrong. I think I got at least three of these right, just spot on the nose. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing which ones uh, hit. Okay, great stuff. So uh, the rest of the week, we'll have a lot of fun. We'll have Courtney on, Chad Graff, Brett Coleman, who's a great YouTuber, um, does a lot of amazing draft content, and we'll get his takes. And uh, he'll probably have the final word on what the Vikings should do and what will happen in this draft. And then, like you said, like finally, we are going to be out there at TCO Performance Center uh, recording our pods from there. As of this moment, don't have a plan for being live like for every pick, probably just to go live on CCO radios uh, channels and be talking with Henry Lake, who's going to be live um, on the air there. So we'll probably kind of have a mix of doing reactions. Probably won't do like a pick by pick thing this year, but um, great stuff, Paul. So I will see you on Thursday night then. And thank you all for listening to another episode of purple insider. Do 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 do. <laughs>